it's hard for me to shut work off. When I'm in it, I am in it. And I'm always thinking about it. And I just, I love that. But it's to the detriment of being present for my family. So I had to find a way to get that control. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, executive leadership coach, and author of the Be a Badass Six Tools to Uplevel Your Life. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you integrate who you really are with what you do. I call that living a badass life. Are you with me? Let's go. Welcome, everyone. Today on the show, we have Connie Wang-Steele. She is the founder of Flywheel Associates and the new podcast called Strategic Momentum. I was fortunate to be a guest on Connie's show, and she and I have been colleagues for a long time. And it is just so amazing to be able to share this conversation with you, but also for you to learn more about her and her approach and her consulting practice as well as the importance of why strategy is needed before you jump into anything. I mean, it literally is something that we have talked about forever and we are so aligned with. And it's just so great to to be able to share this conversation with you because I do think that women in business need to hear it, as well as men in business. You know, it's it's an amazing dynamic to find figure out ways to get clear on your strategy and come up with an action plan for it. But again, this also gives you a little bit more about her uh, as a mom trying to balance new business at home while making sure she's there for her husband and kids. And I think that's important for all parents to be able to figure out how to integrate who you are with what you do and shine every single day. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Welcome, Connie, to your Badass Journey podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Um, For those of you listening, Connie and I have known each other for many years, and it's been such... uh, like I'm just so grateful for the relationship we have because we get to dialogue on basically everything. And (laughs) last day... So I had to have her on this podcast because her journey has been so badass. She has not only um, established her own company, which she'll tell you about in a little bit, but really just how she manages through it all and with such grace and also such an openness that I just had to share her with you guys today. So Connie, welcome to the call. Thank you so much for joining me. And I would love for you to give just a short intro of your how you got to where you are today, what you're up to, and we'll go from there. Well, thanks so much for having me on your show because you are my very first podcast guest. So I'm more than happy to return the favor. So I guess a little bit about me. I have started my own company. I've been doing that for six years. And it is a business strategy and marketing consultancy. That's all really about helping businesses propel themselves forward. And it's really helping them understand how to bridge the gap between strategy and execution. Because in my corporate career, I had seen all these challenges of really not being able to move things in the direction that you wanted to, because you have people who had talked about, hey, you know, we have this great idea with this great, great vision, but 
not really knowing how to operationalize. But then you have other people who are ready to do it, but they weren't prepared. They didn't have the skills. They didn't have the coaching. So you know, for our consultancy, it's really about helping those two groups you know, create that momentum around the initiatives so that they can capitalize on opportunities. Um, but prior to that, I have been in technology for most of my career. I've been a marketing executive in, in different kinds of companies, large and small, notably when AOL, which is where Karina and I had <laughs> met and worked very closely together, which was a wonderful experience and taught me a lot. But in that environment, it was really about not being afraid and you know, setting the course, setting you know a vision and a goal, and then figuring out how to do it. Because at that time, there was really no roadmap for a lot of things that we were doing. So mm-hmm. it really had set me up to think the way that I do today, approach things in the way that I do today, and has been invaluable for me in, in subsequent roles that I've had in other companies that have been startups and mid-sized companies and, as well. That's awesome. I, I'm curious, uh, you know, when you think about because you and I are very similar where we have holistic strategic thinking and it's it's almost like our history of work experience has evolved to that um but also the fact that that it's the operational mind meets the creative right like absolutely you know, and, and the relational right like cuz you have to be able to come up with the best methods of how to contact your user base your clients etc so I'm curious when you discovered that you know, that how you joined your operational mind with your creative marketing mind, what did that show up for you as, or or how did you start to express it differently? Or what methods did you use to align that so that strategy could move into execution with ease? And I guess what, what, or maybe you can answer like, what gaps were you filling that you hadn't seen before as you were coming up and built this company? So I guess when I first realized I had that skill, and I didn't even know I had that skill, honestly, when when things started to come to fruition. But it's when I made that transition early in my career from a package of goods company, I was at General Mills doing marketing research, to AOL. And what I loved about AOL is that ability to create. And there's everybody was creating all these things. But what was interesting is that because it was moving so fast and it was about producing things and putting things out there, the thinking behind why, it, there wasn't a lot of solid information yet for the work that I was doing. Like, well, what consumer are you going after? Why would they do that? What's, what's the data that would back it up? Now, the reason why I had thought that way is because you mind, I came from a marketing research background. So it was all about the data. Nobody could make a decision mm-hmm. on really anything until all that quantitative data came back. Because at the time for packaged goods companies, research was such a critical cog in the wheel to make important decisions. So, you know, I realized, wait, I have this skill set and I know how to look for that insight. I know how to look for that information, but I may not have it by doing all these big surveys, but you know what? I'm going to get creative, you know, because things are new. I got to figure it out. So I would just look at all that information that was out there and piece things together and realize, hey, this is what it's saying. But here's an idea of how to make it happen. So I would align the execution idea to the data, you know, however much I had, but there's some data that supported it. So that really became that foundation for me where I realized, well, it's really important because then I can articulate 
the rationale to everyone and show why and that that it would be easier also than to influence and convince people to move in the direction that I wanted them to. Yeah, it's great. It's almost like you birthed insights before insights became a key word. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could say that. (laughs) In your practice, right? Like in your practice. (laughs) But but just like I explained it is now literally a foundational platform people have to implement in order to grow their business, right? Is, Right. Is like leverage the insights they have in order to make marketing decisions, which is fairly um, new in its uh, upfront, like upfront in the cycle. You know, it's it generally happens after you launch something, which most of the time is too late. You know, it's like, oh, now we've spent all that money. It didn't land right. Let's tweak it. You know, so would you say that that, that because you have that angle in your business and, and that thought process, and as you bring your teams together to deliver and implement, is that really the lever that um, differentiates you from others in the field? Yeah, I would say that's definitely one specific point of value is that when we start off on any initiative or project, it's about listening. It's about discovering. It's about connecting all those seemingly disparate dots that would exist in one's organization. But the reality is that they're really all interconnected. And because most people are still so used to working within their silos or within their own little box mm-hmm. that they're not realizing there's an interconnectivity that has to happen for their own initiatives to move forward, but the broader corporate or organization's uh, initiative to move forward. So a lot of that is first, you know, when you understand the environment and you get those data points through the listening, mm-hmm. then you start to see what that connective tissue is. And then you're helping to share that um, perspective, that outside perspective that you know those internally wouldn't have. And they're like, wow, I guess I wouldn't have seen the answers. I'm like, the reality, it's always been there. You just probably didn't have the time to look at it from that point of view because everybody is so sometimes narrowly focused on the task at hand. And, yeah. and there's all this pressure all the time to you know, get things done. Yeah. And it's, and it's also uh, some people feel constrained that they shouldn't step outside their own boundaries. You know, like there's... <laughs> right? No! Yes. We actually, I think, talked about this the um, the other day, or I know I've had this conversation with some people, this whole thing of mindset and specifically the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Some of you um, on this podcast may or may not be familiar with it, but you know, Carol Dweck is um, you know, a renowned psychologist who you know, has coined this term. But you know, a lot of it just has to do with the fact that you're always learning, you're always growing, and you're not afraid of honestly being pushed outside of your comfort zone. It's all about the effort. And when you focus on it's about that effort to learn and to grow, you'll be amazed at what you can do that you never thought of otherwise. And I think that was the other sort of epiphany that I had in some of these roles over the years that when I got really pushed and I didn't know what the answer was, I was mm-hmm. freaking out probably like a lot of people were or are today. Yeah. But if you go in with, well, I have to figure it out. <laughs> I 
I don't know what else to do. There's nobody else to go to. I have to figure uh-huh. it out. I have this sense of responsibility. Well, I'll try. And it's it's this mindset of trying and learning and pushing yourself. For me, there's a total high in being able to crack the nut and then feel like, wow, I I I solved it in some way. Yeah, you know, for me, that's pretty empowering. And I know for a lot of other people, it's pretty empowering too. Yeah, it's that is the journey part, right? Like sometimes you have to detach yourself a little bit from the outcome to also step a little bit outside your comfort zone and say, you know, let me just try this. And if it, if it doesn't work right, then I'll pivot and, and have that, what I call the agility. You know, that's my favorite way of using the word in your practice. Um, but also that growth mindset is so key because it allows, it gives you permission. You know, a lot of people uh, feel con- when you feel constrained is because you don't feel you have the permission to step outside those boundaries. And if you shift your mindset and, and, and say, you know, I'm going to try it, I'm going to be willing, what's next, then it's, it's really cool to see the possibilities. Um, so I love that. I love how you just described it because I, I, I live it, I coach it. I <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot about our discussions too, because we're always supporting each other in our businesses. And, and, and that strategic mindset needs to also, I sometimes call myself a growth strategist because it's, it, that is the ultimate. Like Even if it's just a little centimeter, I still want my clients and, and my colleagues and you know my network to grow. Just a little, even if it's just a little bit from, yeah. from interacting with our services. You know? So that's really great. In regards to your badass journey and you decided to launch your own company, because a lot of people sit stuck in that even. Right. Like that's another constraint where it's like you feel like you committed to a certain career path and then it goes a certain way. And then it's like, well, what next? Right. Like, so what was it for you that made you say, hey, I'm going to go out on my own. This is my time or, you know, I'm going to try this and, and grow yourself into, you know, the badass entrepreneur that you are? The catalyst that triggered. This particular journey of starting my own company was just having a pretty bad corporate experience, which I know plenty of people have had. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when you when you've worked for fifteen, even ten years, you know, for me now, sadly, it's twenty over twenty. <laughs> it's not sadly, girl. <laughs> you, everyone has a a moment, or maybe several moments, where. There's something that's been unfulfilling, whether it is you know a boss, it's a peer, it's the culture. But in this particular situation, for me, is that you know, I was in a really toxic environment, and um, I was the head of marketing. I was brought in to really build an organization, you know, and create that infrastructure. It was challenging in that I had a completely virtual team, mm. so. And I didn't necessarily have um, the resources to be able to just think at the strategic level all the time. I had to dynamically transition from thinking strategically to operationalize things for my team, for myself. So that was a challenge. It was great. It continued to hone those skills. But as everybody knows, in a very toxic environment and in mine where it was one that was abusive and from a verbal perspective uh-huh. people were being put down and insulted and you know it not respected in terms of the value they might bring to the table or you know expected to just do 
whatever, whenever that that job was first. It took a lot out of me and I had two young children at the time and I was working, I don't know, 70 to 90 hours a week and had a two hour commute every day. And I realized I couldn't separate work from home. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where all I could do was think about, oh, I can't wait to be home. But as soon as I got home, all I could think about is I need to quickly put my kids to bed, feed them, put them to bed so I can get back online. Mm. And that wasn't a way to live. And, and the other thing I was, I was getting so emotionally stressed out. Yeah. I felt like I was a shell of myself. I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't get my head all wrapped around it because I had never been in that position before. It was first, what was wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, after talking to a lot of you know friends and of course my husband, it just, it dawned me, wait, it isn't me. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who's letting this environment, these leaders, you yeah. know, it, take control of me. But I had never been a quitter. I saw no way out of the environment except to just get up and leave because yeah. I wasn't ready to go to another job and just gun at 100 miles an hour. I, yeah. I realized what I was missing with my children um, and I wasn't growing personally or professionally. Yeah. So I had a fear of quitting. That's really what it was. That fear of quitting of things that you know are predictable and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because most people don't really take the path of just quitting without something else lined up. Yeah. Yeah. But I got the courage because of all these other friends who shared their stories. Or other people I talked to who had a very yeah. similar sort of feeling abused. <laughs> of feeling yeah. um, like their worth was being taken away from them. It gave me the, the strength and the courage to say, okay, you know what? We'll be okay. And, and my husband also was saying, we'll be fine. Yeah, the support is so key in moments of that type of stress. And, and I appreciate you sharing this because I think it's someone, something that should be dialogued on. Um, so many people feel stuck, you know, and they feel that this is the only option, especially if emotional trauma is happening in the mind where um, the the system, the value system of the company that you're associated with is not a fit. So that when, when I talk to clients going through this and trying to help them navigate the what's next, you know, even, even through the layoff process, like people just have decisions made on their behalf or or treated a certain way that doesn't fit their value system. And more and more, I see companies trying to be better, right? Like trying to create a value system that is more people-oriented, not just execution-oriented, right? <laughs> um, so it's, yeah. I really appreciate you bringing this up because it is a badass moment when you can literally put a pause on the dysfunction and say, I deserve better. I know better. I've had better. It's time for better. <laughs> it's time yes. for the best. It's time like, <laughs> You've earned your stripes. You have the year's experience. You have the skill set. And so tell me about then, you know, how long was it before you obviously had to detox? Because that's the other thing I always tell my clients too. It's like when you leave a company that is that toxic, you need to detox before entering anything next. Because otherwise your decisions are fogged into what you move into next. And you're, you potentially are bringing a lot of that baggage in with you um, when certain triggers happen in your new environment. So 
hopefully you did a detox, you know, time frame that then obviously resulted in in Flywheel Associates. So I'm curious, what was that transition like, and how did you go about doing that? So it's so funny you mentioned all those points because yes, I had um, I almost felt like I had post traumatic stress disorder that I didn't even realize when mm-hmm. I started to detox. So I had wrongly assumed that once I put in my resignation notice and that was finally out of there, that I'd be back to myself. And it took probably two weeks for me to get back to just a regular sleep schedule because I was still mm-hmm. still feeling nervous and having anxiety and I didn't understand. Even during the period right before I had formally resigned, though I was having conversations with people on new job opportunities or people were calling and I knew I wasn't in the right headspace. And then when I had resigned, I had been talking to people about consulting opportunities and I those didn't quite materialize for, for good. But I also had realized, wait, you know, I realized I do need more time off, that I wasn't all well and I needed to get back to building my confidence again because I didn't realize how much that Role and that experience took out of me because I felt I gave so much of myself and thought I needed to to feel whole. Because I think as women too, you assume you're the one that has the problem first. Mm-hmm. What did I do? And then you realize, wait a second, it's not me. Why am I thinking it's my fault of some sort? But it took the whole summer. Fortunately, I had a former boss and coworker, which you know, Kareen had fortunately worked with too. Who had reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, I'm interested in, in having you help me on a consulting project because I had spent the time networking and really reconnecting with people, which is something I couldn't do. I had no capacity or energy to connect with people while I was in this job because I was just spent. And I knew how important rebuilding um, those relationships or even just reconnecting with people was. And I loved it. So as a result of that, it led me to my first consulting engagement which was also with another dear friend and coworker. Mm-hmm. But I thought everything would be okay just starting that first consulting engagement. Mm-hmm. And soon into it, when we were meeting with the client, I was thinking about their problem. I got stressed and I had anxiety over mm-hmm. it and was overthinking things. I didn't know why. And it started dawning on me, like, wait, I think this job did more damage to me than I even realized. And I fortunately was able to have a conversation with one of those friends that was working with me on the project. And she was the one who said it. She said, Connie, you know, I don't think you even realized how much that job really impacted you. But you have to remember now, you're really good at what you do and you're in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. That's when the light bulb went off. And I could completely recalibrate me. Yeah. Because I thought all I needed was time away. And that wasn't it. There was something more, but I needed the continual... I think it was just the, the confidence booster and being around people who cared about me and people who knew my ability to help me snap out of it. Because I still didn't know I was necessarily in a little bit of a fog myself. Well, it's hard when you go through trauma, um, especially when you're giving it your all. You know, like it, 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 it starts to shift the, the connected waves within of what you truly believe in. Because if you're doing your best and then you're getting shot down when you're doing your best, as opposed to 
critical feedback or, um, I'm sorry, constructive feedback, not critical, constructive <laughs> feedback. <laughs> critical feedback can go, you know, somewhere else. Um, but the constructive feedback loop is so key from a leadership perspective uh, in order to grow people. And so many people are not trained well in doing that. And, and I totally understand. Um, I've been in that circumstance myself in my own executive track. You know, I can, I can name a few times where I worked for the wrong people and had to check in with my own value system and methods of, is this true? You know, like ask myself, is what they believe true to me? Or is that just how they choose to respond to the situation? And that takes a maturity, you know, that takes time. Absolutely. And, and it, and sometimes you do have to hit that wall to realize what isn't working, but it's so great that, um, which is why I love our conversations because we always can go deep and say, you know, what is, what is true and what is it that I want and how do I let go? of what no longer serves me so that I can be my best in the arena I do want to play in, you know? So, and I think it's really great that you're able to share this story because I know so many people go through it, men and women go through this. And as a woman, yes, we do for our feminine energy. We do look for safety and it's such a gift that you have that on your first contracted project, you know, to find that, safety to explore who you really are again and bring the lessons learned from what didn't work. I think I was very lucky to where, you know, my husband, who's my best friend and a partner with me, you know, he actually had started the business, you know, a year before I did. And he also had similar experiences that were some degree probably more extreme than me, but I I now could relate to those um, situations that he had. So seeing how he came out of it gave also me the strength to realize, well, wait, you know, here's somebody who I love, who's, who's my husband, who's been through it and look where he is now. Having that encouragement, like, we'll be okay. It's okay. You know, if it's that confidence to know that things will come, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Mm-hmm. And I think that unto itself, that mindset shift of when and mm-hmm. knowing the confidence of it's when it will happen for you is hard for most people because you're conditioned to say, oh, if if I do this and, and I need the approval and I, I need the affirmation and you know, you're you're pining for that. Yeah. Because a lot of people are just Unfortunately, we're all uh, insecure in some fashion. But I think when you're aware of what your insecurities are and you can you know, understand them and what they mean and how they drive certain you know, behaviors in you, then you can start to build the confidence and tools around, around that to make you better prepared and, and understand how to handle those downturns. But it was that's a hard thing. I think that was an important thing when I started you know, getting into the business said, mm-hmm. oh no, when's my next you know, yeah. opportunity mm-hmm. coming? And also not appreciating initially the journey because right. so much of building your business is enjoying the fun of the journey because there's mm-hmm. a lot you learn and people just fear like, oh my God, oh my God, I just, I need to get, I need to get the gig. The gig is what's going to make me happy. And you don't even realize that there's all these interesting experiences 
that you will have along the way mm-hmm. that fulfill you, that shape you, that that give you something that you never had before that will ultimately make you whole, that make getting the gig so interesting and exciting. Yeah. And worth it, right? And worth you know, sustaining and doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, what, what I love that you shared with me is, you know, the, the mantra that you repeat to yourself, um, which is it's really empowering, I think, which uh, you said, whatever it is, I know I can figure it out. and that is great because you just alluded to it in in your um what you just shared previously and in that you know being open to the experiences and then knowing like whatever challenges come your way you know you figure it out and that's certainty in yourself which i love because i i believe if you're not clear with who you are and how you want to show up in the world and the experiences you want to evolve into um, and have that certainty, it, it, it's the first thing to focus on, you know, self, self-care first. And, and um, tell me a little bit too, now that you've had your business running and built flexibility into how you integrate your work life into home life, how's that show up for your family? It has been, I think, a complete blessing for them. Uh, actually, I think it was just the other day I was asking my two sons who are now seven and 10, how does it feel to have your mom available? Mm-hmm. And you know, and they're like, we love it. It's great. And they remember when I wasn't in a happy place. And even it was my older son who was five at the time who called me out on it when mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. So that was the trigger where he, one night, I came home and I was talking to myself in a very upsetting, angry voice and playing back a conversation I had had. And my son goes, mommy, why do you look so angry? Mm. And that did it. And he distinctly remembers those times. And he said, I'm happier. You look happier. You know, you have your own business. He thinks it's so great. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think what it means is I can be present because I've also realized and accepted in myself that it's hard for me to shut work off. When I'm in it, I am in it. And I'm always thinking about it. And I just, I love that. But it's to the detriment of being present for my family. So I had to find a way to get that control and to create that separation. So I knew this path was going to be ideal to address those specific objectives. And it it gives me the ability to have that flexibility that I had been looking for without the guilt. Because another thing with women, we're <laughs> still guilty because we feel we have to be able to everything and do everything well. And we're constantly multitasking several things. And the challenge of being able to seamlessly bounce back and forth in our mind, in our actions between work activity, work projects, and then home stuff, which are completely unrelated and honestly take a different side of the brain, is hard. But we expect ourselves to do it all the time. And we just put that pressure. So in light of that, it's created... It's still crazy because with families, it's busy. But it's created a simplicity and a focus that has been really invaluable for 
for me and my family family holistically because it's given a clear sense of prioritization okay. on what what it means to me and to us and what will make us happy because you know when one person is off kilter in the family it all goes out the window yeah yeah, that's why I love using the word um, integration versus balance, right? Like, I feel the internal struggle of people who are trying to work and family, and they they think it's like you know, it's, it's we have to balance it. Well, balance create it means that you're trading something off in order to seamlessly think that it's like equal, which isn't the case. And what you found are the methods of how you need to show up in the world to be honestly who you are. So you're a badass at work, you're a badass at home, you're a badass <laughs> wife, you're, you know, like we can just, the list goes on, but how do you integrate it? Right. Cause it has to show Absolutely. up in everything you do and not feel like a piece of you has to shut down in order to turn something on, you know, and it's beautiful that you also have included your family in the process. Cause I also think a lot of, a lot of parents feel that, that they have to figure it out themselves. Absolutely. You know, but you're part of you're part of a complex, you know, team at home where everyone has demands. So it's like how do you how do you um, include them in it so that the decisions aren't always on your own and right. it actually is about the whole, which I love. And it is what you actually do in business because I've seen you operate. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's just a matter of applying those same skills you know, at home too, that every team member counts, right? Like, and obviously it's a different role, different title, but it's still the same application is that if you show up with respect for everybody's voice and needs and figure out the right solutions as a whole, it just moves forward in, in, in a much more um, cohesive way, which is, which is beautiful. And I'm glad you've been able to create it. I want to talk a little bit too about this podcast you have because it is so awesome <laughs> to have strategic conversations happening. So tell me, when did that become an idea? Um, how did you choose to execute it? I mean, I love that I was the first guest on your show, but even still, like I just, I've loved all the conversations you've had on there. So why don't you share a little bit about how your work evolved you into having these type of conversations and sharing it with others? Absolutely. Um, so it started last year and Kareen had been absolutely, you've been part of those initial conversations. So I had this nugget of an idea and it was really all around the fact that, well, if I do marketing and marketing strategy, probably would be a good idea for me to do some marketing for myself because uh-huh. much of the business at that point in time was really through relationships and networking. But as many may know, you know what's important in marketing today is building content because it's not about push and interruption. It's about having content that's valuable so that somebody can find when they choose to. But being a small business, you want to find a way to be efficient and authentic in the content that you create. So thinking about all those objectives as one, needing to create awareness for the business, needing to be authentic and provide valuable content. It dawned on me that a podcast could be a really compelling way to do it. Because to me, it would be about sharing really insightful stories 
from folks in my network who are, you know, really influential business leaders now or who have wonderful perspective on how to really break through that inertia and move things forward. Cause I also knew having, you know, my job is to also build brands. I knew I had a, a clear brand positioning for the podcast, what I wanted to stand for. I knew I had people who be wonderful subject matter experts in it. And so taking all of that and obviously talking to you, Kareen, about good idea. What do you think? I think if I record this once, I can syndicate it in lots of different ways because people will digest content, maybe not a podcast, but it could be a note on SlideShare, what have you. You also helped encourage me to just go for it. So I did. I, I was fortunate to have somebody I could reach out to that provided me with a podcast company resource. And they showed me the ropes. And much of it was, again, I've never done this before, but I'll figure it out. I'll just give it a try. Fortunately, in my career, I was a marketing researcher early on. So I took those tools and that experience where it was very natural for me to come up with a discussion guide, interview people one-on-one, probe for those insightful pieces and be able to summarize it. But what I didn't realize is that I become a storyteller and I didn't know how much I would love becoming a storyteller. And it wasn't about, oh, I'm using this to get more leads and create more business. It was, I love meeting these really interesting people who've got a wonderful career journey that can be incredibly relatable. But their insight and their how, which is really what I wanted to get at at this podcast, was the strategy that, or the challenge of a play on a strategic level, but how do you really move that forward? So connecting to the strategy execution element of what I stand for, hearing those stories and their recommendations and how those themes really have cut across every single industry, almost every single skill set, and boiling it down, honestly, it's simplest parts. And realizing that I think we make things a lot more complicated than they need to be. But when you're able to look at a problem from multiple angles and see that there are commonalities, um, I think that's where it becomes helpful for you to get that clarity. But it's very difficult to get that clarity initially. Yeah, it is a great conversation that you create with each, each person you've interviewed so far. And and I love that it has that strategic focus to it, but truly it's the dialogue, right? Like you do really, you know, which questions to bring certain topics to the surface that, you know, in a normal work day isn't discussed, you know, and, and it's really nice to allow these leaders to shine and show how they think through things uh, so that their networks also can benefit from seeing another side of them, which is you know why I enjoy podcasting and, and uh, putting these conversations out there because it's you know we're always so temporal in our moments. you know there's only certain times where you feel like you could go deep when you want to or or ask those hard questions just to see what that person thinks of and it's it's a really cool medium you know, to, to create that content, like you said, 
Uh, and also learning how, because I'm sure you're going to have clients that will want to put out a podcast series for their business or be on your show or understand who, which podcasters they should talk to. I mean, it, it's, it is the trend now to figure out that relational exchange, which is what we were talking about at the start, where it's like, how do you find ways to keep putting value out there and not just be interruptive with your marketing tactics. So I'm sure it's developing an amazing skill set for you, but also an opening for a lot of your clients and your network. And it's just really, it was great to be a part of the first one and the back and forth on that because, you know, as I'm going through launching mine now, <laughs> you being gracious to join me on mine, it's just, it's, it is, it's a fun format. So I appreciate you sharing your journey because I know a lot of people are curious, you know, is podcasting the right thing for them? And, you know, what benefits are there and how do you navigate the process? So it's really and, great that you shared it. And some of the fun is just learning. And I'll, I'll tell everybody who's listening to this and as Karina's, I had no idea. I, and this is sort of sad to admit, but I hadn't even really listened to a podcast yeah. until I decided that, hmm, this I think is the right medium. Because I was looking at from, yeah, from a strategic lens as a marketer, what's the value of each of these channels? What can they provide? What's the level of effort needed? And does that align to what my objectives are? Which a lot of people, you know, from a marketing perspective, realize. Oh, well, but social is hot. I'll just do this. I'll do that. And not going through that analysis. So it was because of that analysis that led me down that path. And then exploring and being open to just trying because I, I knew there are certain things that were going to be in my mind successful because you're always going to be hard on yourself. I'm sure all men and women will relate to this. But when you first hear yourself in a recording, you're like, ooh, I do not sound good or I talk too much. There are too many ums and oh God, you know, it's, it's hard. But like anything, you train yourself, you learn, you get better. You can only become a master if you continue to try and grow. So I had that mindset going in like, well, this is something to perfect. I know it's not going to be perfect. I got to be able to take the criticism and see anything is an opportunity to expand my knowledge and just get better and never take it personally. But you know, it is it is a fun medium, but I would say I'd apply it to anything. Anything that you felt you've wanted to try, it's about just having the courage to say, well, I'll just give it a go. And maybe I'll like it, maybe I don't, but I can't be upset for trying because you just never ever know. I didn't realize throughout my career that's a lot of things that we had done. I was very lucky that I had that. It's hard to put that on yourself when mm -hmm. you're, whether it's your own business or you're advocating for yourself, it's very hard to do that. But if you just have that mindset of what's the you know, danger in just giving it a try? I really, you don't have anything to lose. So I love it. I love it because I'm all about jumping forward. I mean, it's so great. And it's about, it's about progress, not perfection. Exactly. It's just like a downward spiral <laughs> if you focus yeah. on Perfection, you know. So I love that because it, it it it's also why you know you and I could talk for hours. I I would love to just thank you for joining me today in our conversation because I I think it's going to be one of many. I know that for sure. I would love it. <laughs> I'd love to be a regular. But, 
but I just want to acknowledge you and for all, you know, your badass efforts that you put out there. I know your clients benefit and your, I know your family's benefiting from it. I know your friends like me, I benefit from it. And it's, it's just really a pleasure to connect with you in this way. Um, so thank you for joining me today. And I would love for you to just share, you know, where would you like people to find you, follow you? Uh, where are you hanging out these days in that digital space so they know? Sure. Well, you can check me out at flywheelassociates.com. You can also look at the podcast, which will be on that site, or just go look up Strategic Momentum Podcast on iTunes. We're also on uh, Google Play and Stitcher and even on YouTube. And you can um, send me a tweet or follow me on Twitter at at flywheelassociates. Awesome, Connie. Thank you so much for your time today. And um, I just love being part of your badass journey. We'll Thank talk you. Soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.